You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. You're not done with Israel at all, but right now, the church has replaced Israel as being the chosen nation, a holy nation. God has put them on hold for 2,000 years while the Gentiles are being reached. Peter reveals God's special purpose, his sovereign priesthood, his secret principality. His secret principality is the holy nation. This is a part of it, right here. And finally, God's secured people. You are God's own special people. When you immerse yourself in God's word, do you sense his guidance towards a purposeful existence? In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that within God's Word, you can find the blueprint to your true purpose. The Bible will always offer direction and clarity when you're trying to decipher your unique calling. Regardless of life's complexities, God's Word will always stand true, showing you the path toward a purpose-driven life. Allow God's Word to be your constant companion. Well. Let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2 as he continues his message, Your Separation. Jesus says Peter is a living stone. Jesus is a living stone comprising both resurrection and eternal life in himself. He that has the Son has life. That's what Jesus said. If you've got the Son, you've got Zoe. Now, though a stone is not a living thing in the natural, this stone, capital S, Jesus is alive. How many of you are so thankful the living stone came and touched you and gave you Zoe? I'll give you an illustration. When David Livingstone, that was really his name, Livingstone. David Livingstone, considered the greatest missionary in the history of Christendom. That's what a lot of people, aside from Paul, I, I can't say that um, unless you exclude Paul. But David Livingstone, the greatest of missionaries died alone in Africa. He was found kneeling beside his bed. He had been praying when Jesus said, come on. Those natives he had reached, and there were many of them. Now, don't grimace until you hear the whole thing. But they cut out his heart. And they buried it in his beloved Africa where he was such a great missionary. Then they handed his body over to the British authorities because he came from England. It was transported back to England and laid to rest in Westminster Abbey. Now, a brass plate in the floor marks the spot. And a text tells the tale. Here's what it says. Other sheep have I, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. That was his epitaph. But he also had another one. One of Britain's periodicals, secular periodicals, said it best. Across its front page, in banner headlines, it read, granite may crumble, but this is living stone. Such was the missionary, what a name, living stone, who followed the living stone and was raised to life by the living stone and took that living stone life to all those African natives who came to Christ because of him. Now, next we see that the stone, the living stone is discarded. He says, rejected indeed by men. Rejected comes from a Greek word meaning to reject as a result of disapproval. 
I reject you because I disapprove of you. This is exactly what the religious leaders did with Jesus. They disapproved of him. John writes in the gospel, you know this, but it's great to read because it's true. He came to his own. That's talking about the Jew, his own, descendants of Abraham, and his own did not receive him. They disapproved of him. He was disapproved of. They disapproved of him. And he goes on to write, yet the good news is, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So watch this, everybody. They might as well have tried to get rid of the son. For Peter writes that Jesus was chosen by God and precious, chosen by God. So it matters so very much what you do with Jesus. If you disapprove of him, you're gonna die in your sins. If you approve of him and receive him, you're gonna receive Zoe, life, eternal, eternal. Peter brings the church into the picture next. Verse five, you also, everybody say, that means me. Because now from, he's going from talking about Jesus to talking about you and me. Now this is where it gets really strong. You also, turn to your neighbor and say, it's talking about you. Come on, I want you to get this. It's talking about you. Watch this now. You also as living stones. Now you went from Jesus being a living stone to you being, we could say you're a chip off the old block. Right? You as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. So we could say we're bricks, we're stones, we're, every one of us is crucial to the house, the house that is being built by God. And what for? A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now here's our why. Why are we here? He's building us up a spiritual house. Why? To offer up spiritual sacrifices. Not only is Jesus a living stone, he has made us to be living stones alongside him. We're living stones in a spiritual house that God is building. Each one of us is placed right where the master wants us. Not only are we living stones, we're also part of a brand new priesthood called a holy priesthood. Now I want you to say with me, I'm a priest. How many of you feel like a priest? But we are a priest. Let God be true and every man a liar. You also a holy priesthood. In the Old Testament, entrance into the priesthood was controlled by the Mosaic uh, Levitical Code. Only the sons of Levi could be a part of the priesthood. Amen. But when Jesus died, the veil in the temple was ripped in half. What was God saying? The old Mosaic way is gone. I'm opening up a whole new priesthood. All right? And... In doing so, God was declaring that the Old Testament system was swept away. It's gone. The cross has rendered the entire Old Testament system of sacrifices null and void. Now watch carefully now. Here's the thing. People want to know how much of the Old Testament is relevant to the New Testament. What do we follow in the Old and what don't we? The Old Testament Mosaic law was, was comprised of three different parts. Uh, the ceremonial law, civic law, and moral law. 
okay? Ceremonial law, all the feasts, uh, you know, the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of this, Feast of that, Feast of the other, Feast of Passover. Uh, that was the ceremonial law. The civic law was the code of law God gave Moses for the children of Israel to live under civic, in a civic sense um, until it was all abolished and they were no longer a nation living under Moses. So the civic law went away. The ceremonial law went away. I, I like studying the various feasts and, and whatnot, but I don't need to partake of them. I like knowing what they were about. That's cool, because that's part of the word of God. But I don't need them. I'm not supposed to do them. Because it's all passed away. Right. Say with me, it passed away. Yeah, passed away, Passover, all of that. I love knowing what it meant, and I preach on it, but, but I don't get all the stuff out and unleavened bread and all of that and, and partake of the Feast of Passover because my Passover is Jesus. He, he, it all, it's all gone. The only thing remaining from the Mosaic Law is the moral law. That remains. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't bear false witness. The Ten Commandments. The moral law is relevant. And you will note in your Bible study that the moral law is all carried over into the New Testament. But Paul said, don't let anybody judge you according to feasts or new moons and all this other stuff. Don't let them judge you for not doing that. If you're a believer, you don't need to be doing that. The moral law has been carried over and it's good. Okay, But the other two, ceremonial and civic, gone. That's free. That's not in my notes. Okay. All right. So let's move along. Uh, when Jesus died, the veil in the temple was ripped in half. He's now our great high priest, enthroned forever in heaven. And all of his blood-bought people are ordained of God to function as priests down here. So says Peter, the church is the new priesthood. And what is our purpose as priests? To offer up spiritual sacrifices. Everybody say spiritual sacrifices. Well, what is that? How about sacrifice of praise? Amen? When we come together and we worship God and praise him, that's a spiritual sacrifice. And we do that as priests unto the Lord now. Praying in Jesus' name, that's a spiritual sacrifice. Interceding, that's a spiritual sacrifice. And we are called to offer up as New Testament priests spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. So you are a priest. That was a part of your priesthood. Peter says they're acceptable to God. And the word acceptable means very favorably accepted. God loves it when we worship him. Jesus Christ blazed a trail for us to enter into the throne room of the universe. Amen. Now next, Peter addresses the cornerstone. So you got the living stone and then the cornerstone. Verse six, therefore it's also contained in scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Now that's quoting Isaiah 28, 16. I'll read it. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and whoever believes will not act hastily. Now Isaiah wrote that in a time when the whole world seemed to be coming apart, like we feel right now in our own country. 
the northern kingdom Israel was about to be taken captive by the Assyrians. And Isaiah was watching it happen. They would soon be strangers in a strange land of a strange language, strange customs, and strange gods. Isaiah knows that it's imminent. And yet, he predicts the coming of a cornerstone. God's coming plan of Messiah. He'd be the cornerstone of a brand new foundation, the church. Who's our cornerstone? Jesus. Who's our foundation? Jesus. For no other foundation can be laid than that which is already laid, 1 Corinthians 3, which is Jesus Christ. My foundation in life is Jesus. My cornerstone is Jesus. My hope is Jesus. My faith is in Jesus. Jesus. He's my teacher. He's my guide. He's my leader. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's my all in all. Jesus. He's my banner. He's my shepherd. He's my all in all. Jesus. He's who I worship every single day. Jesus. He said, the cornerstone that's coming is going to bring joy to some, but judgment to others. Watch this. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. Now watch this. To you who believe, he is precious, meaning worthy of high honor, inexpressibly valuable. That's what precious means. You can tell a lot about a person by what they hold dear. You ever notice that? With some, it's money, others, power, others, it's another person. Everybody, you've got a treasure. There's not a human being alive that doesn't have a treasure. Something your heart has decided to hold dear. Worth sacrificing for. Worth living for. Worth doing whatever it takes to obtain it. Money, fame, relationships, whatever it may be, you've got a treasure. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And Peter is saying, for those of us who have believed, he's the one who is precious to us. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How many of you hold him dear? Right? Listen to Paul. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of everything and everything I've lost to know him better, I consider rubbish. Nothing can be compared to the precious cornerstone. Amen. But watch verse eight, and a stone of stumbling, Uh uh-oh, and a rock of offense, totally different response to Christ now, to the cornerstone. They stumble, says Peter, being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Now watch this. If you're not overtaken by Christ in this life, you will be overtaken by judgment. If you're not overtaken by Christ, you're going to be overtaken by something. Something overtakes everybody. Something dominates everybody's day. And if you're not overtaken by Christ, The day's going to come, you're going to be overtaken by judgment. There is a judgment coming. A lot of our preachers today, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to mention it because they're afraid that money will get up and walk out. 
But I've learned if you tell it like it is, money will walk in. Because people want to hear and they want to support the word of God. I'm not here to tickle ears. If you want your ears tickled, you're in the wrong place because I'm going to tell you what it says. All right? So here's the deal. If you're not overtaken by Christ, one day you're going to be overtaken by judgment. Uh, and, and it's going to be a fierce judgment. When everything you've ever done or said is going to be laid bare before you, and the only thing I can imagine is God will play a video or it'll flash before you in a microsecond's time. You know, they say when you're dying, your life flashes before you. Okay? If Jesus, if you're not overtaken by Jesus and come to him, turn to him, then one day you'll face God and you'll have to be your own attorney and you're no good. There's only one attorney that can spring you. Our advocate, Jesus. And here's the deal. You'll face God and, and you will have to answer and I would have had to answer for all my sin. One, all of them. Or I can turn to Christ, give him my sin, turn to him as my savior, and, when, and, and I won't answer for one of them because he answered for it for me on the cross. All of my sin was laid on him and he bore the iniquity of us all. Okay? And, and so when you come to that advocate, Jesus Christ, the best attorney you'll ever have, and he, he'll, he'll deliver you pro bono. He shed his own blood for you. He'll deliver you. He'll, he'll take your sin. And if you turn to him in faith, then all of your sin is washed away by the precious shed blood of Jesus who bled and died on the cross for me and for you. And so when we face God, we're not going to answer for our sin. God will say, what'd you do with Jesus? I believed in him. Enter into the joy of your Lord. But if you got to be your own attorney and answer for your own sin, it's not going to go well. It will not go well for you. He's a stone of stumbling to some. Um, we've all heard the nautical saying, dashed against the rocks, referring to a shipwreck. Uh, but on judgment day, every rejecter of Jesus will be dashed against the rock. Stone of stumbling. He's a stone of stumbling. That indicates a loose stone lying in somebody's path that caused them to trip and fall. Amen. Okay? The phrase means also to cut against. So Peter is using it to describe the seriousness of rejecting Christ. See, some people, it's good news when they hear the gospel. Oh, then I want him. That's the way it was with me in juvenile home when I was 16. But for some, they don't want to hear it. They trip over it as soon as they hear it. He's a stone of stumbling. They trip over it. They resent it. Don't mess with my stuff. Don't tell me I'm in sin. Don't, don't, don't cramp my style. And you trip over him. So it's a choice. He's either precious or he's a rock of offense and a stone of stumbling. Word rock is Petra a ledge rising out of the ground. And the word offense is scandalon, which is scandal. You hear about Christ and it scandalizes you. Do you know that in the last few months I've had people get right up and storm out of the service because of, I simply quoted a Bible verse. Why do they do that? 
they tripped. The word scandalized them. I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me that. Somebody recently tried to get me in a political conversation and I could feel an argument coming on. And so I said, well, I don't know about that. All I do know is I'm sure looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ. That's what I said. Because I figured that's the only way out of this. <laughs> and I said, what do you think of that? Oh, I don't know. What do I think about that? They said, that's what they said. Well, I don't know. No, they said, oh, I don't know about that. But it, it killed the political talk. Because I said, I'm looking forward to the return of Jesus, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. There won't be any elections. And that killed it right there, ended it. Try it sometime. If they try to get Trump or Biden or whatever. No, no, no. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Libertarian. I'm a Christian. Okay? I mean, sure, I go vote Bible principles and values as much as I can. But that's not what I'm about. Primarily, first, no. My front burner me is I'm a Christian. And so I just blew him away and the conversation ended very quickly. They were gone. <laughs> and I said, wow, that worked. I'm going to do that some more. Now, Jesus, Jesus had literally scandalized the Jews of his day. We're coming to the close here. They were outraged that he had scorned their uh, Sabbath rules that God never gave them and other regulations. They were infuriated by his claim to be God, so they rejected him. They stumbled, they tripped over him. Peter says that not everybody is scandalized by him, only those who stumble at the word. They stumble at the word. Now, in closing, he talks about those for whom Jesus is precious. But you're a chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him. Here's your why. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You once were not a people, but are now the people of God. You had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. So here it is, special purpose. You're chosen. You're a chosen people. His church you got a special purpose. Church was born at Pentecost. It's going to be removed at the rapture. Next, sovereign priesthood. You're a royal priesthood. You're a king and a priest. Third, God's secret principality. You're a holy nation. God replaced the rebellious, Christ-rejecting nation of Israel with a holy nation. He's not done with Israel eschatologically, now what that means is in the future, he's not done with Israel at all. But right now, the church has replaced Israel as being the chosen nation, a holy nation. God has put them on hold for 2,000 years while the Gentiles are being reached. Peter reveals God's special purpose, his sovereign priesthood, his secret principality. His secret principality is the holy nation. This is a part of it right here. And finally, God's secured people. You are God's own special people. Amen? The church, you're heaven-born and heaven-bound, and no man is going to take you out of his hands. In today's message from Pastor Jeff, 
He showed you the significance of trusting in God during times of turmoil. When you anchor your faith in God's unwavering presence, His power flows in and through you to battle life's storms. Discover the resilience and peace that comes from laying your burdens at the feet of Jesus. Lean on God during moments of uncertainty, promising not only endurance, but also a deepened connection with the one true God. If you're interested in learning about Hardwired, Diane has some things to share. Are you interested in partnering with us here at Hardwired? We'd love for you to come alongside us in supporting this ministry. All you have to do is go to our website and find the Donate tab. It's that easy. That website again is hardwired.org. Thanks so much for prayerfully considering this today. And thanks for listening to this radio ministry. Daniel has more to tell you about what's ahead on the upcoming edition of Hardwired. In his next message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know the power of using God's love to overcome your trials. Choose love as the guiding force in challenging situations. The more you try to solve it all on your own, the further you'll be from God's heart. Experience the strength from applying God's unconditional love to difficult conflicts. As you confront discord with the spirit of love, always remember that love starts with God. Share this love with all the world to hear. There's more Pastor Jeff has to share from the book of 1 Peter, so be sure to join us again. And if you missed any part of today's teaching, you can find it online at hardwired.org. We're so glad we could be part of your day today, and we pray you've been blessed by today's edition of Hardwired. Hardwired.